0: You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 175. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Klar. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum. Today is another exciting day here on The Local Maximum. We are going to have our predictions panel, and our predictions panel is, I believe, the same exact predictions panel from from last time, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe two years ago, but um, here's what we did. Okay, so for those of you who don't know what this is, every year, actually every year and a quarter, but let's say every year, uh, we go through and we make a bunch of predictions about it started off as technology, but sometimes we talk about social issues. Sometimes we talk about other developments uh, on you know, what we think are going to happen over the next few years. And since we've been doing it for six years, we've got a lot of content to go back to and, uh, and review to see how we did. Um, sometimes we didn't do too well. I know I didn't do too well in a few, so we'll talk about those in a minute. Um, so uh, w- but let's, uh, let's introduce our contestant, our first contestant we know very well, uh, for those of you who listen to Local Maximum. Aaron, welcome to the show.
1: Good to be here, as always.
0: And then, of course, contestant number two. You've been on two predictions uh, panels, haven't you, so far? Crystal.
2: Hi, Max. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. And, of course, we are in, we are in Rollingsford, New Hampshire, and we have a live audience here. Let's hear some clapping. Yeah. <laughs> as you can tell, there are a ton of people in here. Um, <laughs> So, uh, okay, so I asked you guys here, we just spent all morning uh, coming up with a bunch of predictions and we had, we came up with several different topics uh, that we had uh, this year. A lot of times we've been uh, covering uh, consumer applications over the last few years because, you know, I built apps and... I work for a consumer application company, Foursquare. So we would often talk about, you know, what's the next thing with AR and virtual reality and uh, the the AirPods and, and the smartwatch and, and apps. And we've done that so much that I decided to put that a little bit on the back burner this year. And so uh, the... Um, the, the topics this year were, first of all, decentralization of everything, decentralization of truth, decentralization of knowledge. That's a topic, or is it gonna happen? Is it not gonna happen? Uh, that's a topic that we've been talking a lot about on the podcast as, uh, over the last, certainly over the last year. COVID, what changes will that trigger over the upcoming years, maybe even decades? Um, we have some questions about what kind of financial upheavals will we see? What, what role will crypto play? Talked a little bit about AI and language models, and then we had a space for miscellaneous because people always want to say things that aren't on there. So first of all, let's talk about some of the predictions that we've made in the past and what we've learned about them. First of all, a couple ones of mine that really didn't pan out. I... I can't believe I wrote this. I thought Trump was going to win. I didn't think he was going to win the first time. So once again, I am always wrong on politics. So let's, uh, let's hear it for that. Uh, well, are, are you always wrong on politics or are you
1: just always wrong on Trump?
0: Maybe. Actually, you know what? Let's put it down as that. Always wrong on Trump. Um, also, last, year, last year's prediction was what, March of, uh, 20, March of 2020. Right. So that was like right at the beginning of the pandemic. We were basically, we couldn't be together. And I had hoped for a hand sanitizer, moisturizer combo, and that just never came to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's let's uh, let's talk about some of the ones that you did. And then I'll talk about one of mine that hit because I always, I have, I had a good hit. Uh, and mine was a five-year prediction from five years ago. So let's start with... Uh, Crystal, why don't we start with you? Talk about what what things you said in the the past and where we are with them.
2: Sure. Um, So I just chose one thing from 2018. In 2018, I mentioned that we really need better internet um, on our subways well we need internet in the car we have internet in the station we do not right. have internet in the car so this is
0: this is a new york city centric one right and I wouldn't, uh, right i wouldn't have mentioned that if i still and lived in new york no
2: it's, it's new york city centric yes it is but it's not just internet for Something the sake of well. internet yeah um i think we can also we can monetize this we can use this for good um so how do we monetize good as this? in money good well good for good for new york city good for new york city subway okay. system good for okay. the community need some of that So I'm imagining an internet sponsor could be one main sponsor or many sponsors. And the sponsor pays for the internet on the subway and gets us connected. In return, that sponsor could show us an ad when we connect to the internet. Something that's not too intrusive, something that's helpful to us, maybe a discount on a service, simple and clean. Um, In addition, we'll also be served maybe other sponsors, sponsored offers, Depending on how long we're connected and what content we're consuming, and also the um, we would see. I'm I out to, to the people yeah.
0: listening. You know, you work in the ad. I work in, in the, the industry. ad industry, yes, so we'll keep it at that. Crystal knows this stuff well. She's not just pulling <laughs> right, this out of right. the air. I work in
2: the advertising industry. I've yeah. been working there for well over a decade. Um, and and what we can also do is when when our con- commuters are connected to the internet on their phones we can send targeted advertising in the subway to them based on their interest and their preferences. Of course, there are many people on the subway, so you're not going to meet everyone's needs. But let's say if 25% of the riders have something in common or tend to have something in common on that leg of the commute, then an advertiser could serve an ad to them. Let's say if most of them are interested in Online grocery shopping, then you can have a targeted offer for online grocery shopping. And like it's really simplistic, but you get the point there. Sure. Um, and then that ad revenue will benefit obviously the <laughs> the advertising company, but also we'd reinvest that into the subway system. In a perfect world. Yes, but that would be part of the deal. Like going into this is why do well, we have we have Wi-Fi. You have special offers and be very transparent with the public that a percentage of the ad revenue would go back into the subway system to have a safer, cleaner, better experience on the subway for all commuters. So this is something you said a few years ago. Yeah, in twenty eighteen for twenty twenty three.
0: What is like preventing this from happening? Um, well, what do you think are the um, are the 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 dominoes that have to fall in order right. for this to happen.
2: So I think the pan- when I, when this question in 2018 is before the pandemic, obviously, and I think that set us back for a number of years. I originally was thinking we can get here by 2023. Um, I think we've been set back a few years, of course. What would need to happen is a really strong partnership between um, a corporate sponsor and the state of New York, because the state of New York's is operating the, the subways. And obviously the city as well, yeah,
0: so you need to have some um you need to have uh some some people there who are who who are a little bit more motivated than maybe they are
2: right right, right and and we'd have to i think the the ownership of this would have to come from the sponsor yeah um, and to then pitch the benefits to the city right and earn the trust of the city and the state to pursue this
0: yeah. All right. Interesting. Let's go to you, Aaron. What, uh, w- what were some of the past predictions that you made that, that, that you found interesting? Crystal went over, like, a, you know, a new application of technology that we might see. Um, what have you got for us?
1: Uh, so talking about technologies, uh, there was one I made uh, two and a half years ago. Okay. Um, uh, and, and I thought by now we would have Amazon, Amazon delivery drones deployed in at least five major cities. And to, to my knowledge, that one has not panned
0: out. Oh, man.
1: I, I know there's, there's development being made in that space, but uh, like with most things involving uh, a- autonomy, uh, it's... Dragging behind the uh, the advertised, you know, benchmarks. Yeah, you
0: know, I remember they came out with this video in like 2012, maybe 2013, and they were like, "Amazon drones everywhere, and we're gonna have it all in in three years." You know, if Bezos come out, but unfortunately, a lot of tech CEOs are like that. Even you know, even ones that are considered successful. You know, all Virgin Galactic is always like, "We're gonna send a, we're gonna start space tourism by the year 2010." They would say <laughs> in like 2005. Um, Or or we'll do it by the end of the year. How many years have I heard that for? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, maybe Amazon just doesn't need it. It's cool, but maybe they don't need it. I don't know, Crystal. If you have anything to add about that, okay. We're just not even going to go there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I had two more that are that, that scares are me a little bit, <laughs> corona related, that,
1: that uh, came came out of our our session from a year and a quarter ago. Okay. Um. One one which was a hard miss. Uh, I I said that the corona boom uh, was was going to be confirmed as a thing in at the uh, nine to twelve months after the lockdowns. Right. Lots uh, of new babies. And and apparently uh, that statistically did not happen. Uh, so wow. I, I missed the mark on that. Why do you one. think that is? Uh, apparently, being locked inside with the same person/slash people for prolonged periods, I, I just I just misjudged the effects. I think uh, huh. I think I think it may have ruined more relationships than it uh, than it helped. There. <laughs> uh, then and the flip side of that one that I think I did get right was was I said that by this point the the economy and and by that I meant the the Dow Jones Industrial Average would have fully recovered its losses because I think when we when we had our last meeting uh, we were. I don't know if we were at the full bottom of the of the the drop there, but uh, there've been some pretty precipitous uh, dives in, in in the market there, um, and that's that's all been been earned back uh, and and then some. Uh, although I caveated it with with the assertion that we would still be in a recession, which uh, I, I guess if you ask an economist, they they say you you can't tell if you're in a recession until like five quarters later or something. But oh. I I think. I, I would say the Dow has recovered, uh, but I think the man on the street would not agree that uh, the economy has recovered from their perspective so
0: it's yeah it's, uh, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a fraught topic because there's so many different ways of looking at it you know uh, we talk about the economy and we're like okay, this whole thing got, You know, what what is the economy? Yeah. What is the economy? Not not a question we're going to answer right now. No. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Let's start this. What is the economy? (laughs) No. But I feel like this whole thing is being kept afloat by what? Trillions of dollars being flooded into the economy. What's the long term effect of that? What's even the medium short term effect of that? Uh, Very hard to say. other than I don't think uh, prices are dropping precipitously anytime soon. <laughs> uh, okay, so let me talk about two, uh, unless you guys have something else to cover, let me talk about two predictions from the past that, that, that popped out to me. One of them was not made by any of us at this table, but may have been made by someone in this room, uh, who often gives very pessimistic views of human <laughs> nature, if I might say so, uh, is that, uh, oh yeah, he knows it's true. See, uh, so um, he wrote that, um, this is two and a half half years ago, he wrote that, uh, because a lot of these companies were talking about fake news. Twitter was saying, we're going to fight fake news. Facebook, we're going to fight fake news. We're going to use AI. We're going to get rid of fake news. Fake news will be a a thing in in the past. And he wrote, I don't have the exact uh, quote in front of me, but he wrote something like, these companies will stop trying to... um, will stop trying to prevent fake news, and they will go all in on fake news and use it to uh, hook us on their platforms even more. And that could have been a joke, but oh my God, I was like, this exactly happened, Uh, especially over the last year. It's like, you know, we've had so many manufactured stories and so many like... um, so many stories that had been declared as fake news and just disappeared down the rabbit hole that it's like, whoa, these are no longer, uh, these can no longer claim to be uh, objective organizations. They're now just basically, dare I say, propaganda outlets. So what do you guys think about that one?
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely at that point where it's it's difficult to discern satire from uh, biting reality. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. That's, isn't there a law about that? Yeah, I'm trying if, to remember what it is. is. that it's Poe's law? A, yes, thank you. Okay. That's the one. It's, yeah. it's,
1: it's, it's not Goodwin's law. It's the other yeah.
0: one. What's Goodwin's law? Is that, that the one with about that's Hitler? That's the Nazi one. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. Uh, so, all right, we've got uh, another one that I made. This is five years ago. And you know what? This might be, um, well, I think it's a little bit positive, but um, we still have a ways to go. But I wrote five years ago in the spring of 2016, And I think that was actually the one we did in Boston or Somerville uh, that year. It's pre predate the podcast, of course. Um, I wrote that crypto-based social networks, by by spring of 2021, which is where we are, I wrote, crypto-based social networks help people in authoritarian countries get around censorship. Now, I thought that was very interesting that I spoke to Jeremy Kaufman the other day, uh, who works on Library Odyssey, the decentralized uh, video platform uh, that, that runs on blockchain. And he said that, yes, people are using this in China and are, uh, so far have not been, uh, they haven't been cracked down on. And he, he told me about how the technology will make it very difficult for the Chinese government to crack down on it, although I'm sure they will try.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't think of, of library as, as a social network, but but there's certainly an aspect well, of it that yeah. that can slot into that role, it sounds like.
0: Right, right. And look, it it looks like some of these alternative social networks which aren't necessarily, which are still centralized, like Clubhouse or whatever, what happens is that like, you know, people will come into Clubhouse, people in China are using Clubhouse, people in all sorts of co- countries are using Clubhouse, they're talking about things they're not supposed to be talking about, and then it gets cracked down on, but in the meantime, they have a, they have a platform. So it's, like, it's almost like these, these countries are gonna have to play whack-a-mole uh, for, uh, for quite a while, or, or maybe for all eternity.
1: Well, it would be nice to not have a, a constant battle trying to stay out in front of that and, yeah. and, and find a, a stable equilibrium, but uh, we shall see.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that brings us to some of the predictions for the future. I mean, one of them is the idea of decentralization, which I talked about. And we're always talking about, you know, when is the future going to become completely decentralized so we don't have to rely on, a, a you know, a, a single actor, a middleman. And oftentimes... Those those middlemen those um, those centralized services are so damn efficient that you can't get rid of them. So you know people and, and also it's like so ingrained in our society and our you know our, our economic the, the economic configuration that we have. Like how how long have I heard just to, to pop into my head people saying, well, the future we're going to have a decentralized power grid. Well, that uh, you know I guess theoretically you could build one. But uh, it's not going to happen <laughs> anytime soon. Like, I wouldn't be like, no, 10 years, nope, 20 years, nope, definitely not. Um, so, um, I think that uh, I, I think decentralization takes so much longer than people realize. And so, sometimes people tend to make these predictions, what, two and a half years, five years in the future, and it's just not going to happen the way people think. Although, you know, there's, you know, there, there's a little bit of good news with some of this, uh, you know, so, some of this blockchain stuff coming down the line. Um, Crystal, what, what, uh, what predictions do you have for the future that uh, fit under, and or, or what, what did you pick?
2: Well, I don't have any for decentralization. Oh yeah, we're no. just going to any of them. Um, for the topic of COVID's long-lasting effects, yeah, um, I have two, and they're. They're, again, both about New York City. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Go, go for it. Um, we all want to so, hear about this. Right.
2: So first... Man, I was
0: back there a few weeks ago, and, like, you know, some of my friends told me, like, oh, it's back the way it was, and it definitely <laughs> was not back the way it was. <laughs> it's I a better tell you that. New York. It's <laughs> but, better... Yeah. Yeah. I,
2: think, I, I definitely think there are some positives. Not everything was was good. But, you know, one one thing that I think most people enjoy is that we have more open streets. And restaurants are able to spread out onto the sidewalks and onto the streets mm. and I really enjoy that I just think it makes the city come to life more and I do think possibly on a smaller scale but definitely will continue with outdoor dining um, next year and hopefully for years to come and maybe that will that will also be the start of opening more streets permanently, similar to what we did in Times Square, and having entire neighborhoods that are pedestrian-only, or at in portions of them. I, I can see the appeal only. of it. I know
0: some people who are not as happy with it. If um, you're a driver,
2: sure. right? If you have yeah. yeah a car. If you're a driver, yeah. <laughs> right. But let's so I, I have a,
0: a member of my family who shall remain unnamed, who uh, you know drives around like getting really annoyed by all these houses that have popped up in the street. Um, but, uh, you know,
2: <laughs> right. Oh, the but, outdoor dining structures are, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, bit. that was a
0: problem when I moved out, you know, mm-hmm. cause I moved in, uh, to somewhere temporarily. And then I moved out when I moved to New Hampshire and it was like, uh, they're like, well, where can we stop the truck? And I'm like, you could stop where I moved in. Oh no, they built something there to house outdoor seating. Mm-hmm. Well, you could go next to it. Oh no, there's a big pile of garbage. Okay. You go next to that. Ah, oh, there's a big snow bank. I think they cut, a little path between the snowbank and the garbage, and like moved all my furniture through that little path. I think that uh, kind of th- that's the part of the city that I don't miss. It was like not See, letting you
1: leave. That story sounds like a metaphor for for New York. That that you were cutting a path between a snowbank and a pile of garbage. Yeah, to, yeah. To escape. Right. Oh yeah, and you
0: have to keep shoveling the pile of garbage because it keeps on like <laughs> falling down and right. getting into your path. Right, but, because uh, the
2: garbage trucks aren't coming by. Yeah, yeah, I
0: know. So, any other any other predictions for New York post COVID?
2: Um, well, this is going to be dependent upon you know the next mayor and how that mayor deals with with crime. Um, but I, I unlike the rest of the country, real estate prices have dropped in the city. Yeah. Um. So there are a lot of bargains right now. And how long is that going to take to come back? Um, thinking possibly in about five years, I think if we get crime under control then we should i i think we can see those um prices coming back to pre-pandemic levels
0: okay well I, you know i, I, I certainly I've, hope so because i'm going to want to visit I've well like i mean, I, mean I guess the the, the 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 real estate prices don't right. don't matter to me when i come visit but you but, know i want to see i want to see people having a good time i want to see the social life come back right, i want to see the right. i want to see the businesses come back and there are some people who say honestly like hey you know we're in a new technological era where people can, uh, you know, work from home, so less people are going to be there. But there's so much, you know, there, a part of me says, you know, there, there, there's, there's so many people already there. There's like so, so many centuries of like of development there. So much centuries of development there, and so much, um, so much infrastructure, whether it's physical infrastructure or, you know, just like, just social cultural infrastructure right. that. There's got to be some way to renew that city, as it's done many times in the past.
1: Um, I, I I have two questions on that, uh, as as the one person on the panel okay. who has not lived in New York City. Uh,
0: so that gives you a special uh, <laughs> knowledge that the rest of us don't have.
1: <laughs> uh, how how long? So you said this was a, a five-year prediction, right? How long is the mayor's term in New York? Is that a four-year term? Yes. Okay. And, and I, I invite both of you uh, to make a prediction. I don't think this was on the board on who
0: the next mayor of New York City oh, will no. be. <laughs> be. Feel
1: free to refuse. but
0: Well, okay. I mean, so the... the I, I, I don't want backstory. Snap prediction. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> I can tell you who I w- I don't think it's... Yet. I think
0: it might be... Um, I'm just going to throw out Eric Adams.
2: I was actually going to say, I want him to be mayor. I think he's the best choice. I don't... No, if I can predict that.
0: <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Right.
1: yeah. I, 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 I've I've heard the name, but as a non-New Yorker, the the only one that that has kind of national uh, recognition is is Andrew Yang right now. But
0: uh, right. So one of the one of the really interesting things about that election is it's going to be ranked choice, which is you know not necessarily the formula I would use for ranked choice, but still ranked choice. And so it's going to be interesting for people going into the ballot box saying like how they rank. Uh, and and I have several uh, people, former coworkers, perhaps, who are, are on Twitter, and I know they're going to tweet their rankings, and I know whatever they tweet, it's probably the opposite that someone should vote. So <laughs> I I think that um, no, it, it, it will actually force people to think a little bit harder about their vote, and it will. I'm I'm curious to see what kind of discussions are going to have around that, where people are like, oh, like. You know, rather than trashing the other person's candidate, well, they're ok, but I would put them at the second place because my first place is is so and so. And so i'm I'm interested to see that how that how that election dynamic plays out differently from what it did in the past, where yeah, they're
1: all just a, a number of states have have uh, instituted ranked choice voting uh, in in the last election cycle or two. And so seeing, uh, the, the outcomes of that yeah. in, the, in the coming cycle is going to be very interesting. But this watch. is a
0: big one. You know, this is New York. This is not Maine. <laughs> you know, the, the Maine, you hey, know, Maine
1: it, made some delicious sandwiches today. We were just let's, there. Right? Let's not rag okay. on them too hard.
0: Yeah, all right. I I hear you. Um, <laughs> it gave me a nosebleed. But
2: <laughs> I need to study that ranking system. Can you give someone like a negative ranking?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. So it's only um yeah, yeah. It's only in relation to the other ones. So you just say like this this guy is below that guy is below that guy and, you know, they all figure it out from there. I'm not going to go into the right. whole mathematics of it. Uh but uh but it's quite interesting. Um all right. So uh yeah, and and who knows what <laughs> Who, who knows what kind of social dynamics will play out in this election in New York City coming up? Because it's like, how many people have left? And is, is the electorate going to be significantly different? I know I've argued about this with other people. I'm not, I, I think it might be somewhat yeah, we, different. It might be hard to predict what's going to happen.
1: I don't, I don't know if we had any specific predictions about that up on the board, but uh, I, I think no. the continuing trend will be the. Uh, the resorting of of America, which to some extent was accelerated by uh, by COVID, or, yeah. or perhaps uh, re- rejiggered a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. Another thing we've talked about a lot is is the rise of cryptocurrency. Which, if you take this story and you know uh, rewind back to twenty like uh, twenty ten, it's like it's an amazing story, amazing story of the decade. And so we've had some disagreements about whether Bitcoin will remain on top. Um, we've had I sort of predicted by this year that predict that Bitcoin will remain on top. Um, and that, uh, you know, uh, I, I think I predicted that two and a half years ago, and that turned out to be true. Uh, but I think that, um, I, I, I I, think, you know, some people think that, hey, something else is going to catch up with it. Honestly, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I like Ethereum, too. I just don't think that the um, the dynamic of Bitcoin 1, Ethereum 2 will change. But I, I recognize there are arguments uh, otherwise. Um, but I think... The idea that it's going to disrupt the financial system is—I'm bullish on that. Being seven percent of the market cap of gold, or something—I don't know what—I don't know what the number is. I heard seven percent. I think I heard two percent. But whatever it is, that's pretty amazing coming from zero in ten years. Um, okay, so what else do we have? I wrote a few things about language models. Did, do you guys have anything else you want to uh, talk about before I talk about th- that?
1: Uh, yeah, let me let me throw out one on on the decentralization front. Okay, um, great. And this is more on the the news and information side. Yeah, um, but uh, we've we've seen in the last year kind of an explosion in uh, in the Substack platform. Right. Uh, and and I predicted that uh, in in two and a half years times two and a half years time, uh, Substack will will be continuing to expand uh, along its current trajectory. Um, and that the revenue for, for writers through that platform will exceed the revenue of the New York Times. Hmm. Um, so, so I think you know, Substack is, is just an example, but that this, this decentralization in terms of uh, going more to, to individual content creators rather than consolidated content outlets... Um, so, so people not going to network news or a particular newspaper, and more going towards a, to to a particular writer or a writer, uh, you know, a group of writers who cover a very specific niche, uh, is going to make up a, a larger and larger portion of our uh, our news consumption, or at least uh, of the news production in the marketplace. It's interesting that
0: some people I, I, I've heard it put this way that like people who would never subscribe to a magazine or newspaper will pay the same amount to a single person <laughs> but uh, but that's pretty basic because I think it's I think the idea is like credibility falls on the individual now versus on the institution um, because you know maybe people are a little bit less trustful of institutions
1: yeah and and this wasn't explicitly in my prediction there but I, i'm I'm optimistic that this will be a a venue to facilitate kind of more long form reporting uh and and move away from the uh clickbait headline and and you know tweets and sound bites and that sure there's there's still gonna be a, a fair amount of the uh you know controversy for clicks approach because they want to attract an audience, but it'll give them the freedom to uh not just be churning out headlines that yeah. that they'll be able to, to do long reads on stuff. Well, and people I, will, will because people are bought into it. They'll actually consume that rather than just looking at the headline and then sharing that, never having read the article.
0: Yeah, I, I really hope so because that would be like you know better for society. And um, you know, who would have thought that uh, this this new platform called email would be the, the wave of the future? <laughs> pretty uh, pretty exciting stuff. Um, all right, uh, uh, Crystal, do you have anything on that? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we always have to have one of those questions. <laughs> All right. So um, I put. We always talk a lot about AI and machine learning on the show, and so and I always have a lot to say about it. But the one that I wanted to catch up on this time around is the use of language models, because language models, which are which we've talked about almost at the beginning of this podcast. I think you and I discussed this in episode four when I built a language model for the English language and I used it to like, uh, you know, crack some codes pretty easily. Uh, So we also talked about, you know, GPT-3, OpenAI, uh, Google, how some of these large organizations are, you know, building these gigantic uh, uh, neural nets, basically, to try to model language, to try to, uh, you know, have a machine write articles, uh, you know, write, uh, write emails, uh, basically and it it's turned out that there's been that, that the technological process progress has bumped into some of the social... Um, some of the the, the the social trends, and so you know, we talked about that with Google. Where I, I think what what Google is going to try to do is they're going to try to use this language model. These language models basically police our language, like they're going to be uh, you know warning us not to send that email because it's not politically correct, and we don't use that term anymore. And I just think we're going to start seeing those. Um, well, not me. I won't see it because I'm always politically correct. But the rest of you, the rest of you, will, will, will see these messages coming up saying, you know, oh, you know, you can't use that. T- term and uh you know it's uh, it's uh it's um it's 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 considered wrong and i actually think they're going and it's like they're going to be saying they're doing ai but they're not doing ai they're just taking their social theories and plugging it in on top of ai and saying this is how you have to use language in the future
1: well if if they were to do it through uh the the venue of, of autocorrect on your phone would we even yeah. know that that's what they're doing until it was too late <laughs> they would do
0: it without telling us huh um because how, how many
1: times have has autocorrect changed something in a text message and you haven't noticed until it's been sent.
0: Ooh, yeah. Well, there those funny autocorrect whenever I'm in a bad mood, I just go to those funny autocorrects and I'm I'm all of a sudden in a better mood. I think really It'd be
2: interesting pe- to use it to like, detect your tone and your emotional response mm. to it. So it, Yeah, no, there is um.
0: there's I've seen there's real research on that where people are uh, well, I've seen someone who can detect from like tweets or text can detect uh, certain types of um, certain types of of mental disorders, uh, certain types of of, um, of th- things like that. And so um, I'm sure you could I'm sure it could be like it sounds like you're upset. Are you sure you want to send that email? Well, which could be which could be nice. There's uh,
1: there's a, a browser plugin that I have I've used in the past. Uh, I think it's called Grammarly. That uh, it will, it's a spell check and grammar check, but it will also go in and it'll, it, it analyzes like the, the, the mood and, and you know, how formal or informal it is. If, if it knows that this is like a business email, it'll, it'll say you, you should maybe be you know more assertive about this part. Don't be so wishy-washy. Or do you really want to, you know, to, to say that quite that way? Uh, and yeah. And, you know, it, it doesn't change it for you, but it, it, it provides some subtle prompts, which can, can sometimes be useful and sometimes be a little unsettling.
0: I think that's really helpful, but what I'm always concerned, because I have autocorrect – you have autocorrect on Gmail and all these things, and it's like, are all these emails going to start sounding the same, like they're written by the same person? That that concerns me. I don't want uh, – I don't want all. I don't want the yeah. email that I sent to you and the email you sent to me being sound like they're they're in in one I, voice. I think we may have talked about it,
1: that when when we were talking about like GTP three uh, in a previous episode. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. So then we have the miscellaneous category. I don't know if there's anything from that. A lot of people want to talk about space because space is cool. Space is cool. Uh, but um, I don't know if there's. I I don't know if I have very much to say about it. Are you guys? You guys are good.
1: I, I've I've got two. Related ones on that. And, All right, and yeah, go because, for like it. Because like you said, we'll wrap space up. is cool. Uh, yeah. I'll be quick about these. Um, at 10 years out, I've got boots on the moon. Um, I, I'm not saying whether they're going to be American boots or Chinese boots or or North Korean boots. Nobody, nobody knows. But, but okay. I, I say within 10 years, there'll they'll be humans back on the moon. Uh, and that within 20 years, there'll be a permanent moon base. Um, well. Whether it will be continuously occupied by Humans. Now, what makes uh, you, less, less yeah, certain.
0: W- but, what makes you think this? Because we've been, you know, it's been a while.
1: Yeah, uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm tangentially involved in the effort, uh, and oh, so so you're gonna do it. It's gonna be your fault.
0: (laughs) 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 All right. So I think, man, we covered so much topics, and these predictions panels are always really hard because we cover so much topics that we only know a little bit about each one uh, versus the deep dives that we usually do. But I feel like we get such good feedback from these things, and there's such good exercises that uh, I enjoy doing them every year. So, any last thoughts from either of you before we uh, call it a day? Crystal,
2: no, thank you. This has been, you know, great experience. So I'm always happy to be here. Thanks.
0: Awesome, Aaron.
1: Uh, I'm I'm excited to hear back from listeners. Uh, tell us what we got wrong. Uh, why we're crazy to make these predictions, or if there's something we missed that we should have been thinking about because um, the, the, the more input, the, the better we can form our, our, our view of the future.
0: Okay. Live audience, please clap. <laughs> I think that... <laughs> all right. A push moment. Yes, a push moment. All right. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support The Local Maximum, sign up for exclusive content and their online community at maximum.locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at localmaxradio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the
2: power.